My name is Sabadapur. I'm part of the preaching team. So if you don't like today, John may be next week. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, just, just let's go back and just love on Jesus. Beautiful Jesus, we love you this morning. Jesus, we just thank you for the blood. Jesus, you're amazing. You have all our attention this morning. You have our affection. You have our being. You have everything we are. Because in you, we live and have our being, oh God. So we just love on you this morning. You are wonderful, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. If you were not here last week, like, you know, how Pastor Lina was saying, like, we had really a good service. Okay. Now, it's funny because I was reminded that a few weeks ago, whenever I preached, I said in April, we're basically, revival's going to begin in Houston. It was like a lot of prophets had said that. It was like, hey, the time is now. The time is now. So all we had to do was like buy oil, right? Find the time to spend time with Jesus, get, gain intimacy, get that oil of intimacy for our lives. Because for this next move of God, we have to be ready. You cannot be just like without oil when Jesus suddenly comes or the works of God start happening, the revival starts beginning, and we are just left, oh, where can we find oil? You see? So I, I do believe that that is the beginning. That's just the first fruits of what is to come. I, I strongly believe that. We had prayer on Wednesday, and I'll go into that, and I definitely i am hooked on to that, that we are going to see a mighty move of God. As a church, as a body, we are basically going to walk into those things. And it just... So I, I went back and I wrote a synopsis of what all happened last week. Okay, so where's Ariana? Ariana started this. She went to pray for Pastor Easy and she says, speak healing into existence. Like, you know, the faith, what we have, we start speaking it, we basically start moving into those things which are ours. It's that realm of our domain that we have healing, we have every deliverance, we have every kind of thing in our mouth. Then Janine goes on and she do, does the intercession, do it again, Lord, do it again. Like it's just testimony, right? The testimony is do it again, Lord. If you did it first time for your pastor, easy, you can do it again, right? Then Alan goes on, he says, declare his goodness. Do not get weary, not tired, press in. With our faith, the atmosphere can change. Just believe. It's time to activate new breath, fresh new oil. He is here. Now, you've got to understand, as a church, one concept of he is here, we have to really unite on. If there's one thing, I, if you had to leave from here as a body of Christ, and how do you function as a body of Christ, each of us have the responsibility of knowing when he is here. You see, we have said, oh, you had a long trip, you had a long drive, welcome back from Florida. But hey, you, you can take rest today. You don't have to know that Jesus is here. No, 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 no. We cannot do that. Our church has to be educated in the ways and things of God that we have to basically able to just say, okay, in this loud noise, in, you know, when the band is going like full 120 BPM, whatever you want to call it, right? You're just breaking the drums and whatever. And in that moment, you have to just know when he enters in. In the clarity of your heart, that if you set, 
you automatically know how things are going to move, where you are, how you stand. People say, I have a good relationship with Jesus. And then they don't know when God just entered in because they only are following the noises and the screams and that. But that's when Jesus already passed by. Do you, do you realize that? What, uh, uh, the greatest learning I had was I was talking to a senior man of God and he basically said, it's, you know, people follow Jesus, but a lot of people really are following the aftermath of where Jesus was. When Jesus came into the room, healings had already begun. We get stuck with the testimonies and we are following there. He says, your eye has to always be where Jesus is moving now. You see, we, we, do the, you know, we do the newscast reporting. We go, okay, what happened to you? What happened to you? What happened to you? What is Jesus doing there in the back of your mind? As ministers, you, each of you have to know this, that your eye is not like caught up in this moment. This is the aftermath. Where is Jesus right now? Which part of what he's talking, what he's saying? A part of us has to constantly be in that awareness of who he is. So when Jesus comes in the room, this is like when Alan said, he is here. There was something very special about that. We have to have that understanding. Then Gwen said, if my people believe and they say we believe. So what are we saying as a church? What are we saying? We are believing for a revival of miracles, signs, and wonders. Right? This is what we are saying. Out of our lips, we have to constantly remind ourselves, constantly talk to our mind. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do hey, No, 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 no. He is going to do this. You see, we just have to have that. And then Pasolina goes on that we are a well, so we cannot pour out what we have stopped. Oh, we need to pour out what, we, what was stopped and then unstop the wells. And then quote on top, I think, goes, Courtney is my wife, by the way, who was playing the key. She goes, is like, I think you were still playing. And you were like, redig the wells, redig the wells. And it's very important at that moment I had this thing uh, in my heart. I knew exactly what I was going to preach till that moment. And that moment suddenly I said, no, this is what I'm going to preach on. I'm going to preach on the well. And it was, not, uh, it was nothing about like, you know, why or how. And I'll go into this, but I bought an old diary. I was born again in 1997. This is my diary from 1997 when I was born again. In this, a lot of stuff I have written. It's even like I have copied notes from Kenneth Hagin, you know, and stuff like that. Now faith is, you know, that was what we were preaching. Now faith is, and everything. And it was in red, red pen, you know. But there's a part of it when we talked about the well that immediately I understood. It's like, there was, so my pastor in Kuwait, her name is Pastor Lata, and she's never heard this part of the story ever. Like, you know, but in six years that I was there under them, she gave me only one prophetic word. Only one. And you're like, what? We were prophetic intercession church. There should be words like galore, you know. And everything I learned, like, you know, how to love Jesus was from her. How to just follow the Holy Spirit was from her. And, you know, every little thing, because there was a, like, we never came into church and chit-chat and drink coffee and all. We were like, hey, we are focused. We are here with this, this thing. We are going. We were, like, in intercession, one hour before church. We were basically, and then we stepped straight in. Talking we can do afterwards. We are here to minister unto God. 
We had that focus, we had that, and that's how we lived. So she gave me this prophetic word. I'm trying to find it right now. But because I pulled my notes out, I lost it. But it is, yeah, okay, it says, so this is a time when I basically come back from Toronto, where I had first, like, the Toronto Revival, and everything in my life got changed, right? Because I felt that I got born again again. Like, it was just something new, and I just never met the Father the way it was. And I, we would come into services in Kuwait, okay, I'm saying, because by the time we had already gold dust and everything in Kuwait, and we didn't know the understanding of it until we came to America. Because we were like, it's happening, it's raining, my brother's face was like smeared with gold. We're like, I guess God wants you to repent, go to the altar. <laughs> we, we didn't know, we took, we carried gold dust and people who had like, tumors and all, we just went to, he was a Hindu man, he was in the hospital, put it on his uh, tumor and it basically disappeared. Today he's a pastor in Houston, you know. It, we didn't know, we just did things by faith. And in all those things, one of the words she gives me this is how it is. So you got to understand, we had meetings where I could mumble anything I wanted, and people would just fall out. The whole congregation was gone. And then well, what do you preach? Why would you need to preach? If the power of God, if you're experiencing God, you know, what waste of time. Like, you know? So for me, it's, it's better to be a noise in the anointing and the strength of God than to just like have this whole detailed stuff. You know? It's just better to let the Spirit of God move. You know, in my flesh, I get tired. I do. I do. I realize that. We were praying for a bunch of friends, and it went on for hours. And at some point, I had to say, y'all are recording or whatever. I'm tired. I'm going to drink a glass of water, and I'm coming back. Somebody else continue. And we had gone for hours. It was a fact. In this, she says, don't let the vision be, be blurred, my son, says the Spirit of the Lord. Don't let the vision grow dim, says the Spirit of the Lord. And then she says... You can never become a dry well. God called you to be an overflowing cistern with fruitful wine all around. The flame that he's put in your heart is set ablaze, and no demon, no man can stop it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. There's a lot more in this, but... But the idea was about the well, and then she says, okay, I will reveal the... Okay, be humble, says the Spirit of the Lord. Do not let the debris fall into the well and cover the well. Uh, this is what caught me. I was moving in the strength and the power of the anointing in those days, right? You, if you, I don't know how to explain it other than that, that it was just like, it would blow my mind. And I, we were there and she gives me this word and it offends me a little bit. Because you're saying first that my vision is blurred and, and she's, I don't think she's ever heard me say this. And in my heart, I was like, debris in the well? Right now we are flowing at full gusto. This is like mighty river going right now. And in that moment, when we basically stepped into that well, and we, I knew there had to come something to put an understanding to this of the well. Because sometimes we allow these little things to fall into the well. Little leaves to fall into the well. It's fall, the leaves fall, it's life, it happens. And we allow these things to happen. And then what happens in the natural? The leaves rot in the well. The decomposition of it basically causes the nutrients of the leaf 
like phosphorus and all that nitrogen and all to go into the water, causing black spots in the water. Okay? Now, if we basically consider the tabernacle and you go to the laver and you're washing yourself, you have to see yourself, and you see these black spots, your revelation of who you are in him is tainted. You see, you're a well. You're caused to be a well. You're supposed to move in this understanding of what pure water is. But if all you knew was a little leaf, okay, this is my reflection, but one leaf is covering my eyes. Oh, that means I have only one eye? That's all I can do is only look through one eye? And we settle for that because we allow the leaves to come into our life. And I, mean, I have a lot of stuff, right? If I had to think of it like, you know, there's four pages, we have on page one, and your time to almost go home. No. <laughs> but, but I'm going to do best I can with what I have. Okay? Yeah. The Lord has opened the well. Okay, this well of healing is open. Now it is our responsibility that how not to let the debris go in. You see, we, we basically allow these things to happen. We say, it's okay, life happens. How do we basically go back? Eh, that's fine. Like, Andrea, for you, like, you, you're very like, strong on God's heart. Like, all week I was reminded, unleash her, unleash her. I was like, God, there's no guarantee Andrea is going to be here. Like, literally. But I have a track record that if he gives me a word, those people are going to be here. I know that. I, so I don't bother. That's why only Myla was the word, because she was going to ignite the whole thing. Her part of it, the Joan of Arc part of it. So I knew that, and I was like, okay, how's it going to go? Let's see. But, you know, you just have to be honest to what you know, and then let God do the rest, right? Because I don't have the ability to make them Joan of Arcs. You know, I'm proud. Hey, Naomi, I'm very proud of you. Last week, I don't know if you've seen this, people are ministering, and she runs around, and she goes to pray, I think, for you, right, Matt? She goes to pray for Matt. Now, Naomi, what? Three or four weeks ago, I had never prayed for any one person. Remember? I don't know if you'll remember. I called her in front and I let her go pray for people. You know, and there she's now. And so it's very, like, for me, I, I feel very proud. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> you know, that, you know, you unleash people and you say, go do it. Right? You know, you want them to go and step into those things. Because that's who we are all called to be. Each of us in this place. So, Matt, now it's your chance. Right? Tag is you. Right? So, Matt... Yeah, Matt, 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 I don't know if you know Matt. That's Matt in the back over there next to Paul. And so Matt's been coming quite regularly. And his first introduction was me because I think I was preaching, right? And I just went straight to him. And I was like dealing with, I don't know why, emotional something in his heart. And Matt being so sweet allowed me to, I said, you know, you know we're going here, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. You know, sometimes people put up this shield and all. I don't want to be that Christian who has a shield and say, oh, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I have a good relationship with God. No, all things good. You know, hey, if you, that moment is now, take it. Let, let him heal you. You know, that healing is the most important thing in us. You know, why live with a life like with a gaping hole in you? Because you won't be able to function in the fullness of God. You see, and sometimes we just have to have that ability to just take fully what we need to in a moment and just release it. You know, I told Janine on Wednesday, so Wednesday we had prayer, and I had this amazing word for Janine. Like, if I had released it now, it would be like amazing. 
And at that moment, I said, God, you're the giver of words. Why, why would I withhold it? If I release it now, I'll have four more later. And right enough, I had four more later. Kathy is not even on the list. <laughs> but I seen you like in the, I don't know when I just turned, I just seen you, I said, hey. But the well is the most important thing for each of us. Because how do we basically function in that and we allow life to go? Now, if you remember, did we talk about the Philistines putting mud in the well? Right? I think at some point in last, year, last service, we basically said, Genesis 26. Sorry, Dan, I never gave you the word. Genesis 20. I have it written over here so I can read. 18 to 25. Now Isaac dug and reopened the wells of water which had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father. Okay, let me stop there. He had to reopen the wells dug by Abraham, his father. If you understand Arab culture, your clothes right where we are, Gerar, Philistine, is where we are almost on the top of Egypt. So you're from Israel, you're entering into Egypt. So almost desert area, okay? A well is like, I don't know what you want to call it, like a metro city, really. A well dug in the desert is like, hey, everything is around that. Civilization happens around that. And in that part of it, Landmark, that's a landmark too, right? And suddenly, it's, you're in reading, Abraham to Isaac, just one generation. The enemy came in and put mud in the well. What were you doing then? Right? If we have to ask people, we have to ask them this question, what were you doing then? Why weren't you protecting the well? This is, this is life. This is where like, the, the water is the life of that valley. You know, why weren't you protecting that then? This is what I'm trying to explain to you today. Yeah, we opened the well, but now what, who's going to protect it? It's your duty to protect it. You have to protect it that the mud is not put in. Do you know what mud is? Mud, we are made of mud, our human nature. We get so caught up with things of life, like Dalton, what would you be caught up with? Dalton has to go play, he has to go drive, he has to do so many things. And when he basically comes back, I don't have much time. So what we allow, that little mud. Then Janine, Janine's busy. And so the little cares of the world, the little mud goes in. Kevin is busy, he's traveling with his big truck. And he goes and little mud goes dropped in. Little by little, each of us allow life to get in the way. Because we have not made God our priority. We have said we are the priority and we sit on the throne. And because of that, we will just do and fill mud into the wells. And we are okay with that. But we have forgotten, and that's why when I told you, God's priority is his house. You build his house, he'll build your house. I guarantee you that. David lived that life. You see, that's a life we have to understand because we have taught Christians in our churches to say, hey, we're going to build our house, and then we're going to do this thing, and then when I'm settled, I'll start working for God. It doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. You know, we, we just have to throw that concept out with the baby and everything because it's, that's rubbish thinking. We, we have allowed the enemy, and the enemy is happy. Just a little mud today, a little mud tomorrow, little, 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 and we basically have no life to give. You see? So we have to basically come back to that place where we understand that we are redigging these wells and we're going into that. Uh, okay, so they basically quarrel with Isaac, the first well he gives away, 
It's called ISEC. It's quarreling. The second well also he gives away because now, you know, when you quarrel with the enemy or people, sometimes it's even church people, you quarrel a little because you basically go, they hate you because you're trying to do something and they are not trying to go for it. So that, and so you just walk away from that. Is that okay with you? That you walk away from things even when you feel it's your right. It was his right. Land was given to him, to his father. The wells were dug by his father. And sometimes you have to just walk away and you have to just say, okay, God is the one who is taking care of me. So if he basically is taking care of me, he'll open another well. And so he moved from, away from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over that one. So there was no, you know, stingers of words and all that. And from, he moved from there and dug another well, and he named it Rehoboth, broad place. God said that he's going to bring us into a broad place. That's what the Bible says. You know, when it's a broad place, it's not like I have to just be, no, expand your territory. Expand the stakes of your, your ten pegs, you know. And so in that sense, we basically go there. And from now, the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be prosperous in this land. And for each and every one of us, from now on, we're going to be prosperous in this land. In everything that we do, we're basically going to walk in the prosperity of God. We're not going to walk in lack. We break the back of lack. We break the back of every little thing of God. So even, even if you say you have only an hourly wage, we pray for an increase of that hourly wage. We pray for raises and bonuses with that, and we just release that. And from there, he went up to Beersheba. Beersheba means seven wells, the well of oath. The Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless and favor you and multiply your descendants. This itself is all that we could hope for, that God shows up. So when I say he is here, an understanding of a church has to come to Alan. He is here, and he just sees God very differently than him. But in all of us, we are understanding at the moment of time that he is here. So what happens? Like I, I try to teach people about worship. Worship is, again, you know, how food is subjective. Worship is subjective to some people. I'm sorry to tell you, it's objective. There's only one king on the throne. His name is Jesus. That's it. Your focus at that time, if we come into this place, we are focusing on one thing, and that is Jesus. I'm sorry if your muscle hurts. I'm sorry if your knee pains. Sit down, roll on the floor, do whatever it takes. But this is what we are going after. We're going after loving him. We love Jesus in everything. If you have, what uses prophetic words to me or healing and all if I basically miss the mark of loving Jesus? You see, <laughs> I think there's a scripture also which says there are preachers where the well is empty. Yeah, I think it's John, 1 John or something over there. Where preachers, or false teachers also they're called, I guess, where the well is empty. But I want you to know this because I'm going into... All right, now this is our big challenge, okay? Je on Wednesday, so we pray on Wednesday, second Wednesday and fourth Wednesday, right? Yeah, second Wednesday and fourth Wednesday, there's prayer away at 7.30. Get here if you can. Not get here if you can. I'm sorry to say that. I'm not giving you an option. Get here. How, how do you like that? You, you, you know, we've made this comfortable. We, like, you know, we, we were listening to, I think, Lou Engel. And Lou Engel, who's a father of the faith, right? He, I think, now lives in Denver. He says, we are awful people this offer, 
oh, we're going on a 40-day fast. Would you like to join us? When did a sacred assembly of God become an invitation of yes or no, RSVP, are you going to come? And that's why we basically have nothing on the table to show. That Emptiness. This is how we basically emptiness. So when we basically ask people to come to prayer, it's, it's a nice way to, we say ask, but get here. Right? Because when God's intense, he wants to meet with you, he wants to meet us, with us as a church, we basically have to step into those things as that. So we went into a time of prayer, and I think it was, you know, we were pretty close to the end, and I just said, let me go and pray. And I just felt this intense thing connected to this part where Jen said this. She said, God wants us to labor with him. But now, you know, curious me wants to know, what do you want us to labor for? Right? It's a very generic kind of invitation. God wants you to labor with him. You're like, okay, what? Paint walls? You know, what, what are we going to do as a church? We, we basically have to be more specific and go and seek God's heart with this. So even when I give you all words, it's like, you know, your days are numbered. Jocelyn, what does it mean to you? You have to go and seek God's heart regarding that. So I was basically seeking God in prayer. Not, and I don't think I was saying it like loud, but in my heart, I'm like, God, where are we going? Where are we going? What are we going to do? What is Epicenter going to do? Where are we going? You know, our focus has to be that. And the first thing I think I called was all of us have to focus in right now together. We were 15, 18 of us that night. And immediately I felt that shift when I just said that, that everybody just caught and they said, yeah, we're going in now. A unity that God is releasing in us is the greater thing. Because we can just think it's like, eh, they'll do it. You know, Ariana will give a word. Today, Aiden can just do nothing. And, you know, Julia can just sit there today. And, yeah, she can just wave and she can hallelujah. And, you know, it's a beautiful, pretty hallelujah. But the intensity of God is when you're focused. The minute you know he is here, you're you're able to now comprehend what he wants of you. If he wants you to kneel down, kneel down. If he wants you to lift your hands, worship. If he wants you to... You know, we have got caught up in a pattern of old. We have never understood that the breath of God changes. It just... We just have to learn to be like that. We only understand a little. That's why we, have to, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to tell us, it's like, hey, is this a now moment? Sometimes I don't even get up. Like, uh, you, you know, it's very funny. Quote, quote text, can I say this? Quote texted me from top. You have something. I was like, yeah, I have something. I always will have something. It's not that, but I don't have to pour it out at that time because I didn't feel the need at that moment. Sometimes the greatest strength you have is restraint. Do you understand that? When you're very strong, it's very easy to just go and punch. But to see a collective body moving in that is more amazing to me and so that's why I caught nearly running around and praying for him in that moment because I'm watching. It's like I'm not disconnected, I'm watching. And then if there's a need at that point, I would step in and I would say, go. You know? So I kept this about the well because at that moment, if I brought a well and I said, leaves are falling in, you kill the moment. Do you understand that? Practical ministry understanding. You know? Just because you have it doesn't mean you have to release it. You have to sometimes just like swallow it up, keep it, write it on your book, and then sit on it. You know, and sit on it and let God talk to you about it. You know, 
Ren was on my mind at that moment. Every time I turned to Ren, I was like, Ren, pray for Ren, pray for Ren. But I understand ministry decorum, right? A ministry decorum is somebody else's ministering, let them minister. I don't feel like going to pray for Ren at that moment. I could. And nobody would say anything to me. Waited till the end, went and prayed for Ren. So sometimes you have to even understand the decorum of ministry, how things are happening, you know. And in that moment when we went in in prayer, it was scary because some of the things I was saying is as a church, you know, I'm not only talking about us as a church, as a global church, we are just holding an empty bag and we're saying the power of God is here. We have not seen the power of God. I have news for you. We're basically shaking an empty bag and saying, yeah. And, you know, there were preachers over here, pastors of other churches over here. And I just said, you know, it, it was intimidating to me. You've got to understand this. And I'm just going to be honest. I just said it out. I said, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to say it. It's like we're basically just holding an empty bag and there's air in it. And like suddenly I just, like God literally took me and there was a door. And the door on the top, it was like an old, you can say barn kind of door, but on the top there was like a crack. And when we were praying, it, I just was like, you know, pressing in with my nose in that little crack. And all I could smell was air of heaven. It was like life. It was like, it smelled like life. We were in a musty room, and all I could see was the fresh air of heaven. And I was like, wow, on that side is greater life. And we have settled on this side, and God is inviting us to, hey, in prayer, break through. You see, and then you go back to, I think it's Matthew 7, 7. I have it in my notes. And Luke, I think, 11, 9 to 9 to 11. Luke 11, 9 to 11. For anyone who asks and keeps on asking, receives. And he who seeks and keeps on seeking, finds. And to whom knocks and keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. That's verse 10. And I think it's verse 13. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? And at that moment, I felt that as a church, that that's what we're focusing on. You know, in faith, I can step out in healing. I can step out in the prophetic. I can do this. I can do that. But there's a greater dimension of when God's power is really released. You see, if Jack's healing was basically God's power, yes, it was God's power operating through me. But I don't want to be the person having to administer healing. I just want him to come and touch people's eyes and let them basically get healed. I don't want to be the person who's just having to step in. It's okay. You've you got to understand the duality of what I'm talking. The duality of what I'm talking is like, yes, on a ministry level, that's why even I told Jen, I think I told you right that day, it's one thing to minister to people, and it's one thing to minister to him. When I minister to him, I can touch 2,000 people in a room in a moment of time when my body can only touch 200 people and pray for 200 people and maybe 10% of them get healed. What would you take? What would you take? What are the odds you would take 2,000 people getting touched and healed by God and then like more than 20 people? We settle for the 20 because we do not want to push or we do not want to repent the key word is repentance, that we do not have the power of God. We are not experiencing the full measure of the power of God released for this age and this time. We're saying somebody else will do it, an evangelist will do it. No, as a church, Bailey should be able to go out and touch a person and they see healing. Yes, it is normal. You have to go out and do that. 
But there's another dimension I want to open to you is in that God, when you're focused on him, you're not focused on ministry, bodily ministry. You're focused on ministering unto him that suddenly he comes in. And when he comes in, you learn to zip it and you learn to just adore him. And you basically just allow him to touch, drop, drop, drop. My hands, off late, I've realized I don't need to touch people unless I feel like I have to. I just stand like this, or I stand like this. I'm, I'm still, you've you got to understand, I'm a student of the Spirit of God, right? As a student of the Spirit of God, you just go to see, is my shadow going to heal people? Does it even require me touching anybody like you to heal them? No. It is this word spoken. The power of God is in the word. Here you go. Heal. Be made whole. So every one of us, so this is an invitation to you. When I say come to prayer, it's an invitation to come to prayer. So stand up with me right now. We're just going to pray. I, I just believe that, like, you know, since quite a few of you were not there, as a church, this is our focus. Our focus, first thing is, he is here. We have to all know that he is here. When he is here, we have to know that the heart of God for Epicenter is for us to move in miracles, signs, and wonders. He wants to open a whole new realm of ministry, a whole new realm of healing. You know, how it looks, I don't know right now. I see partly, I understand partly. So forgive me, but we have to first repent. Because if my people repent and call on my name, great and mighty things I'll show you. So I want you to come to this place that it's okay for us to repent. How do I model repentance to you? Lord, we repent that we do not have the power of God in our midst, O oh God, tonight. If somebody walked in this door right now, O oh God, we're asking for your power to manifest itself to them. But we are okay, Lord, repenting and breaking ourselves before you, O oh God, and saying, oh God, God, we need you. Lord, as a church, oh God, we need you, oh God. Lord, we need you, oh God. Lord, we're asking, oh God, that Lord, right now, we need you, oh God. Lord, it doesn't matter, oh God, how we look, how well put together we are, oh God. But Lord, we're asking, oh God, for you. Just right now. Just right now. Lift up your voice. Just lift up your voice. God, God is waiting for you to cry out to him. So as a church, oh God, we're pushing in on that door, oh God. Lord, we need you, oh God. We're not only for your miracles, oh God, because we know you're good, oh God. Because we know you're kind, oh God. You're a gracious judge, oh God. And so we're knocking on that door, oh God. We're asking, oh God, Lord, to release it, oh God, even right now, oh God. Release it, oh God. We thank you for that little thing that you opened, oh God. We thank you for the well, oh God. But in that well, oh God, is the root, oh God, of all civilization, oh God. So Father, in that well, oh God, in that well, oh God, People can be healed, oh God. Lives can be changed, oh God. Prostitutes can be restored, oh God. A revival, oh God, through a prostitute. Yes, it is able. It is able because of an encounter at the well, oh God. Reaching, oh God. You are the living water, Jesus. So, Lord, come. We need you. We need you. How will repentance break out, oh God, in our midst, oh God? We don't know, oh God. So, Holy Spirit, we are asking you, oh God, Lord, help us to repent, oh God. We do not want to be known, oh God, that, oh, that is a Chloe bag, and this is what, and how well they look, and oh, we'll make us a mess if you have to. Make us a mess if you have to. We don't care. We prefer to be on that wheel, oh God, again. If there's air in us, oh God, take away the air bubbles, oh God, in us, oh God, before we go into the flame, oh God, and Lord, we explode, oh God. 
So, Lord, we're asking God, come, Holy Spirit. Just come, Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Lord, everything, oh God, in us, oh God, needs, oh God, cries for you, oh God. Even as the land cries out for you, oh God, the Lord, we are crying out to you, oh God. We need you. We need the power of God to be displayed in our midst, oh God. We cannot be all talk, oh God. We have to have the power of God, oh God. So, Lord, tonight we are laying down, oh God, Lord, everything that we think we know, oh God. All our accolades, all the things, oh God, that we have done this, we have known this, we have all that. We are laying it down, oh God, to see the greater glory of God. Sometimes you have to lay down that old wineskin for the greater glory of God. So, Lord, right now, every head in this place, a fresh touch, a fresh touch, a fresh touch, a fresh touch. The Lord, I pray, O oh God, as a church, O oh God, that we do not settle, O oh God, for lukewarm things, O oh God. We do not settle, O oh God, for things, O oh God, that just feel like good, that was a good service and that. We want life-transforming services, O oh God. We want, O oh God, where people are ignited, O oh God, and they're set onto their courses, O oh God, to achieve, O oh God, what you have called them to be, O oh God. So even right now, O oh God, that every daughter in this place, O oh God, so we release, O oh God, blessing her to Bailey, Soren, and their daughters, O oh God. So even right now, O oh God, we release it, O oh God, because of the goodness of what your Father, we just release the blessing over you, O oh God, even right now. Yeah, just more. Yeah, we cannot let this generation care. Just more. Just bless her. We just bless her. Just bless. Just bless. Just bless. Just bless you. Just bless you. Our words carry power. The destiny of these children, everything, oh God, that the enemy comes to trick them, oh God, Lord, we will set them right, oh God. Oh, Jesus. Beautiful Jesus. So, Father, we just thank you, oh God, that we, as we keep on knocking, oh God, as we keep on knocking, oh God, that something greater would open up to us, oh God. So, Lord, we pray, oh God, for even senses of people, oh God. Everyone with any kind of nasal passage issue. Is there anyone with any nasal passage issue that you can't smell or anything? Just, Father, we pray, oh God, right now, release it, oh God. Just make it whole. Every olfactory, every kind of like even damage to the sinuses and everything. Lord, we pray for complete healing, oh God. We pray, oh God, that they be able to smell, oh God, your very presence, oh God, as it enters into this place, oh God. So Lord, just come. Just come. Hip, every kind of hip thing, oh God, that needs thing, oh God, healing right now, oh God. Lord, even as clay is over here on behalf of Terry, oh God, we release healing to Terry, oh God. As a church, oh God, we speak wholeness to oh God right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. Be made whole, Terry. The Lord, we release it to, through clay, oh God. Just release it through clay. Just right now. Be made whole. Take it home. Just take it home right now. Lord, simple acts of faith, oh God handkerchiefs and everything, oh God. So we release clay to be that handkerchief today, oh God, to carry the very glory of God, oh God, into for clay, Terry, oh God, to be made whole. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So we just bless you. We just honor you. We just say, even as we go out, Lord, cause us, oh God, to just seek your face constantly, oh God, that your glory may be seen upon us, oh God. We want to walk with that, O oh God, on a daily basis, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.